Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola with Jason Cross. Hello. And Leif Johnson. Hello. Before we go on with the show, I'd like to talk about the podcast's new format, which started last week. We're going back to an audio-only format, and now the show has segments for news, our feature discussion, a two-minute tip, and your hot takes. Let us know what you think of the new format on Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. That being said, let's move on to the news. Big news this week is that Apple has invited members of the media to an event on March 25th. And what will Apple unveil? So the rumors beforehand have been that this uh, event is going to be focused on Apple services, the feature service being the video streaming service. And there's also been rumors that Apple is going to start a gaming service and a news service. So, Although the gaming service is supposedly, if it's happening, it's far out and right. wouldn't be announced here. But the news service is they bought texture and whatever they're evolving texture into is supposed to be announced. I think the framework for what we'll see with all that will be laid, though, on that March 25th. Yeah. Yeah. Like packaging and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Does this... Uh... I know it's it's hard to say, does this excite you because the rumors have been kind of churning for a while, but it's definitely a shift from what Apple has been doing. We, we're used to product. We're used to, not that services aren't a product, but we're used to hardware or software. And this is a whole different thing that we're getting into now, even though Apple has been emphasizing their services for the past, I don't know, is it, has it been more, it's been more than a year now. I gotta admit, I was more excited about the HomePod than I'm excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting to get a, it's it's easy to get excited about stuff. Yes, exactly. not that yeah. services aren't stuff, but you know what I mean. That tangible, and, and I mean software is hard to say it's tangible or not, but you know it's it's easy to get excited about what we're used to seeing from Apple. I'm getting kind of streaming video fatigue right now. There are so many different websites, so many different services, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Disney's one got one coming up. You got Apple and it's just like, you know, all those subscriptions start piling yeah. up and CBS All Access, you name it. Yeah, and it's it's getting real Oh, I have Funimation too because you're talking about the anime and stuff. And it's just really hard to get excited about paying another 9.99 subscription knowing Apple is probably going to be 14.99. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm more curious than excited yes, in the sense yeah. that um, we so I, we've been covering this for a while. We have a, a article on the site of like all the shows and um, movies and stuff that they have in production. And none of this has been announced by Apple, right, like not right. not a single thing. It's all coming through the Hollywood trade press who says, Oh, this book has been optioned by this person or this director got hired for this thing. This actor, you know, they're finding out from agencies and stuff like that. They're not finding out from Apple. Uh, so the only shows Apple's ever announced has been Planet of the apps, which is dead and carpool karaoke, which goes on and everything else is, you know, what we'll see. We, we don't haven't seen a single, on set photo or screenshot or anything of all these things. And they're big names, it's big name talent. It's big. They're buying, uh, there's top tier actors and directors and, you know, top selling books they're optioning the rights for and stuff. It's, it's big stuff. So it's really kind of weird in that way. Uh, I went through the article and there are 30 mm-hmm. shows and series plus, 
uh, three kind of blanket deals that are going to be multiple shows or something. So there's one with um, Oprah. Mm -hmm. There's one with uh, which will probably be not a bunch of ongoing shows. They'll probably be be individual documentaries or movies or something like that. Um, There's one with Sesame Workshop, which is the Sesame Street people. Um, So it's not Sesame Street, but made by them and the Peanuts stuff. So Charlie Brown and stuff. Um, those are all going to be like multiple multi-picture or multi-show deals. So 30 plus those things, that's a ton. Yeah. And and we don't know anything about any of them except kind of who's starring in them. We don't know what they're going to look like when they're coming. So I'm curious about all this stuff. Um, and I'm also really curious about, like you said, the, how are they going to price this or not price it? Because there's such like sort of subscription fatigue going on with people becoming very real. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a very good chance that it won't, it'll be free at least for a while. They're not going to launch 30 shows. They're nowhere near having these shows done. They they may only have a few. They may not have any until the fall. It it may be just a thing that they're just like, Hey, we just want people using the Apple TV app and getting in there. And then they end up subscribing to other stuff. And, and part of the, um, Theory here is that Apple's updating the TV app to work kind of like Amazon's channels things. You'll be able to subscribe to other video services in there and then they'll all incorporate, you know, you'll get like a list of everything that's on, quote, on for you, <laughs> like everything you have, all your shows, they'll be seamlessly integrated in, in one place. And if their idea is just to get people into that app so that that's what they subscribe through and they use that and then they're just taking their cut from you subscribing to HBO and Showtime and Stars and CBS All Access and everything else, then maybe that's that's good enough for them. I mean, they're spending a ton of money, though. Well, the so, thing that surprises me about that type of model, and I would love that type of model, I, it seems like you would have heard more rumors about it that time. Remember a couple of years ago when Apple was trying to do work out that deal with the cable companies and, yeah. you know, that they would replace it? You heard rumors about that all the time, and, and that seems like a similar thing. And it seems like we'd be hearing something more about those types of negotiations. Now, maybe they yeah. managed to keep it under wraps, but that's what makes me skeptical about that. We definitely have heard uh, rumors that, that they are overhauling the TV app to be like Amazon channels. You'll just subscribe to all the stuff you can subscribe to now on an Apple TV or something. You'll just, it'll all be consolidated into one place. So we've heard that rumor, but we haven't heard anything about how they might price Mm -hmm. all this stuff they're making. I just think they can't charge for it until there's at least a dozen shows like available, (laughs) Well, I've heard that some good crazy. stuff about people thinking they would like uh, wrap it up into you know Apple Music or something, and mm-hmm. that's kind of why I did the fourteen ninety nine. You know, like the you know nine ninety nine would be the base Apple Music, and then you upgrade to get the full plan, which is the TV and the you know. Right. So that that was kind of what I was thinking when I threw out that number earlier. Yeah, I can definitely see them doing something that's like like what YouTube does, where mm-hmm. you get YouTube Red and Google Play Music and stuff like that, all kind of one price. Um, they may not even up the price. It may just mm-hmm. still be nine ninety nine. Hey, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least until they start to get a bunch of shows. You know, maybe in a year or two down the road, when there's thirty shows on the service, they can start thinking about how to make people pay a premium. And it's really nice because my Apple Music subscription ends on March twenty sixth, and so it would give me a day <laughs> to decide whether, yeah, I want to do that or just stick to Spotify for a while. Yeah. Apple Music is what nine ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. 
And I could see them doing something like, let's, we'll introduce, if you have Apple Music, you can get an Apple Music in, and we'll call it Apple TV mm-hmm. subscription for twelve ninety nine, And then down the road, they increase the price because they just have more overhead they have to deal with and increase it to like fourteen or fifteen ninety nine. I could see them doing that. Mm-hmm. So just to get yeah. people in the door and then you're hooked and then, well, yeah, you're, you're going to have to pay it because you're hooked. Right. They need enough shows to be to, to, to that everyone has the show that they can't give up on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the tricky thing is they need to have a, a big enough library for people to invest in it. Yeah. Yep. So they have to make this huge investment up front for a project that who knows if it's going to pan out or not. You know, it's a huge investment that they're making. It's, it's kind yep. of a big gamble in a way. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, they, they do have this huge user base and it's kind of a... I don't know. It's is a safe gamble. Is, is that a proper thing to do? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, the odds I, are with them. The odds are with them. Yeah. yeah. There is some sense to the idea that, like, if they're, if they're remaking the TV app to be a gateway to all these other subscriptions, then you're subscribing through Apple. You know, you're subscribing right. to CBS Now and all these other things, but you're being billed through Apple. You can't just hop over to Roku and use your i mean you can use your login it's already there but you're stuck in apple's ecosystem because that's what all your billing and stuff is and that's that's what they want they want people in the ecosystem spending money so there is a certain amount of sense to that they um need to do more to get on more tvs i think mm-hmm. because they've got the tv app doesn't exist anywhere like mm-hmm. the there's airplay from your apple device to tvs but and that's new. But even the Samsung deal is the movies and uh, stuff that you buy on iTunes. It's not the TV app. So I'm curious to see what they're going to call this because, like you said, yeah. they're going to call well, let's call it the Apple TV service. They would do that. They would have the Apple TV hardware, the TV app that is on all your iOS devices and the Apple TV hardware and a service called Apple TV. Yeah. It's, got a, it's a good name. I have to admit it's a good name because, you know, I, I know people that, you know, don't even really, even though it just says TV, they don't even really know what the TV app is. And it's like, right. it's not, it doesn't have a very, you know, it's not, it's not sexy. It's, it's just like, it's one of the more boring apps out there. And so something that would make it stand out and, you know, have black background, white Apple logo in the front. It's like, yeah, I want to watch some Apple TV. And it, and I, and I think that would some kind of like, I mean, it's not even really rebranding, but like you said, it's taking the name from something else. And I, I think that would be you know, a good idea, honestly. Apple doesn't do the I nomenclature anymore. So right. it's, I don't think they're going to call it ITV no. just to no. differentiate it. Too many people make fun of that too. People, some people do call the Apple TV the iTV. So some people you'll still see iWatch too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just need to. They just need to clear up the confusion a bit, right? Because there's already too many products that are just called TV in some way, like Apple TV and the TV app, and and they just need to make it so that now there's not also a service, and I don't know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this event will happen on March 25th. We'll have full coverage. I won't be part of the coverage team because I'm going to be in Mexico. <laughs> be Jason, me, and Mike. Yeah, but I'll be um, checking in and seeing what's going on with that event. It'll be an interesting event. It's it's at at uh, the Apple campus uh, on March 25th. So uh, I, Apple is will be streaming the event. So if you're interested in watching it, you can do that on Apple's website. Do Do you guys think they're also going to announce any hardware 
Or is it just going to be these services? It's hard to say. I think they're going to focus on the services because this is a major undertaking mm-hmm. and it's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's a brand spanking new product, mm-hmm. uh, a, a brand new market that they're entering to, into. And I don't think they, they, they want the spotlight to focus on that. Yes. And if they do do hardware, I could see them just following up with press releases afterwards, mm-hmm. not even mentioning them on the stage. I, mm-hmm. I could yeah. see, that, that's happened before. And yeah, basically the site updates and you go like, oh, there's a new iPad. It looks just like the old iPad. The specs are a little different. Right. So. so the rumors were have been that new AirPods, which from what we've seen of the rumors, seems to be somewhat of a major update, so to speak. Mm-hmm. There's there's two kind of rumors. There's a major update, which I don't think they would do launch without going on stage. Right. And then there's the idea that, well, there's a major update later, but they're just going to do the thing where they have the wireless charging case, but it's the same iPods. Yeah. And so that's I what mean, I was thinking. That might be the press release have. follow-up if that's all they do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there have been rumors of an iPad mini upgrade. That definitely seems like a type of product where they would just do a, a press release update. Um, yep. Because the rumors have included any form factor changes or mm-hmm. anything. It's mostly just a CPU bump and stuff. So, so that, that wouldn't require any stage time. Yeah. So. Same with the new uh, full size iPad, mm-hmm. which yeah. really would just be a processor update. It's they added pencil last year. There's no big thing they're going to talk about there. Um, and Air Power, which I think <laughs> whenever yeah. whenever they release it, it's it'd be embarrassing to be on stage about Especially it with and just thing highlight like how long it's been. Yeah. Right, look how new and different we're being. Oh right, here's this thing we fucking. That's uh, funny. That's more of a strategic thing than they. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. Just like yeah, because it's been an embarrassed kind of an embarrassing uh, release for them. So I could also see Air Power being a WWDC kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So because possibly yeah. yeah. So not that it has anything to do with developers, but it's just kind of a bone to throw for consumers who are paying attention. Anyways, March twenty fifth is the event. We'll have full coverage. If you're interested in watching the event, you can do so on Apple's website. One thing we probably won't see at the event as any mention of AR glasses, but there was a story recently, a report that, um, I believe is it Ming-Chin Kuo? Yes, it is Ming-Chin Kuo. Yeah, came out with yep. a report or you know some statement saying that uh, Apple could start manufacturing AR glasses later this year mm-hmm. or, or early next year. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting take. The, uh, the main thing that, came, stuck, that uh, stood out to me in the report was that these are mostly AR glasses. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily VR glasses. Mm-hmm. Like which, the HoloLens. Or like something. the HoloLens or right. stuff like that that mm-hmm. have been out and have been uh, getting people's attention. These are mostly augmented reality glasses. Well, HoloLens well, That's is, what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 So, the, yeah, the old rumor was that Apple was going to do this like super. Re- the specs were ridiculous, honestly, but like this crazy high resolution, high end AR VR thing that <laughs> just had like 8K per eye and all this other nonsense. And uh, this seems much more down to earth. That from what he is rumored is, it would be you would it would use your phone for most of the processing, uh, and it would the glasses part would just be a display, and obviously the the motion tracking of your head and stuff it would but your location in terms of like where you are on earth that would come from your phone your phone would do most of the processing Uh, and 
the the report also meant didn't say they were launching this year. Just that's manufacturing starting. It, this he still expects they're going to release next year sometime. So, but I I, yeah, I can't imagine the thing that we heard about from Bloomberg and CNET before that crazy high end thing. Like right. the tech isn't there. Like even in your biggest fantasy, it's it's we're still a couple of years away from that kind of well, thing. That's the thing. The tech isn't there. And the thing is, are people really interested? Apple in has to make us interested in that. But, you know, people laugh at me. Totally. I don't know why people think this is so funny. I think if, if AR is going to work, it's, it's coming. It is actually using your phone because, but, you know, and everybody, oh, but, you know, they want to be able to see stuff. I keep envisioning this thing where you hold up your phone and then you can see the information of the stuff around you. You know, Google has done some stuff of Google Maps that's in that direction. And this is the way I think AR should mm-hmm. be going. But, you know, people, for some reason, get hung up on this cool glasses. Like, y'all, I, I spent years trying to get where I didn't have to wear glasses again. <laughs> and it's it's like you're trying to, you know, do that. I think no matter what you're going to do, it's going to look nerdy, kind of like the Google Glass or something like that and it's it's going to be hard to get rid of that stigma of it and i but i would really like to see a practical use of using ar with my phone you know like you know like some of the stuff google is doing where i could just hold something up and see how much it costs where it is what's the sodium content yeah this would all be great stuff i think the apple watch is the perfect yes. analog for this where it exists like before the apple watch there were smart watches and they were not attractive and not uh, usable enough and there was no real use case for like why would you want one of these and then Apple came out and said like no look it can look good it can be you know highly usable we were and they it took them a couple of watch OS releases and a release or two to kind of focus in on like oh this is why people really care about this and then get it to where and then the sales really started to take off so the sales were much better than any other smartwatch at first, but it took a generation or two for them to hone in on what people really like and where they can add value. And I think it's going to be the same thing with the AR glasses. They're going to come out with one where it's like, wow, this looks way better than everybody else's. It works better and it's like more intuitive and easier to use than everyone else's. There's a lot of content. It's not quite sure why you would want one. But they'll sell way more than any kind of like HoloLens or Magic Leap or anything like that. They'll blow those out of the water. Right. That's a low bar to clear, right? <laughs> and then, uh, and then maybe after a year or two of iteration, they they focus in on like this is what people really love about this. The software gets really good, and then they're selling you know ten million of them a year. So it's probably going to follow that same trajectory. It has to be as good as it can be right out of the gate, because you know if the you know the follow up, you know everybody, that first impression is is killer. So, but life, you just mentioned how you know it took you a while to finally get rid of your glasses, and is is AR enough to put those glasses back on your face? Probably not. And and. I mean, for limited yeah. use, and that's why I keep going back to I like to see more stuff with the phone. It is, you know, it it, it would be a thing where let me put on my glasses. It's not going to be a thing where I want to wear them all the time, and that that's the problem I think with the glasses. Right. I do. As someone who wears glasses all the time, it would be cool if there was a way to implement AR in the glasses that I wear every day, or if you can make those AR glasses make them able to handle yeah. prescription lenses. Mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'd be all over that. If I'm going to have to wear contacts in order to wear my 
AR glasses. I'm not sure I'm going to do that. Yeah, I was like, I think I'll hold out for 2060 for the AR contacts. Uh. <laughs> 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 Let's see. Optimistically, maybe we'll see something at WWDC in June. I don't, I'm not so sure, but yes. uh, that would that would be a nice surprise. I, I'm almost certain. Yeah, I'm almost right. certain yeah. that we won't because we've got back pro coming and all these things. What we're going to see is an, an the next generation of right. AR kit, which is all the phone and tablet stuff, and and that's Apple's big advantage is that they are killing it on the developer tools to yeah. make AR stuff, which gives everybody a really easy transition into supporting these glasses. Yeah. Speaking of developers, uh, iOS the twelve dot. Two beta came out for developers, and did it also come out for the, for the general public? Uh, it may okay. come out as we're recording this. That's kind of the time frame we're on. But it's twelve point two beta yeah. five. And also, there are also beta fives for Mac OS that came out. I forget what they're what version they're on now. Yeah, yeah Watch OS so, and Mac OS. Um, yeah, I didn't catch what were the major. Did you happen to catch what were the major uh, features in the new beta? Uh, it's it's again it's a couple of mm-hmm. tiny little interface tweaks you would never notice yeah. and some bug fixes. They're really down to the finish right. line on this. Well, it the seems one, like. There was one sort of major uh, catch in the in the Mac OS beta that uh, Stephen Trotton Smith saw mm-hmm. saw references to the upcoming new service, mm-hmm, harkening right. back to the services that right. we were talking about earlier in the show. So it seems like that's right. going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, it was it was right. magazine subscriptions, which is kind of the um, which is where the the what's the name of the texture. app they bought again? Yeah. I forgot texture. Yeah, which is where texture is. So it seems like it's at at the very least texture being yeah. built into the news app. And interestingly enough, there was a lot of chatter recently about the deals that Apple had been trying to cut with the new service yeah, <laughs> yeah. how uh, it seemed like they were taking a big chunk of change and it, it seemed kind of mixed the reaction from from uh publishers some of them were okay with it a lot of them weren't it already annoys me that it's really hard yeah through apple news to you know for you like if you encounter MacWorld through apple news or anybody it's hard to actually go back to our site because you know we get no money that way um and so it's all good for Apple and everything, but not good for us. And I can't believe Mr. You know, let's be a force for good isn't thinking about this. But that's Tim Apple. Yes, well, Tim the, Apple. The... Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tim Apple. The argument is that, like, you know, when there's uh, tens of millions of people subscribing to this service and they're paying $10 a month or whatever, then, I mean, Fine. it's the Spotify model that's like, you know, they count how many people read your article or your page and then you get a percentage of that person's $10 a month based on that. And Apple wanted to keep a really big chunk of that percentage way more than they do with the music service. It was something like half. It was crazy. Um, I don't, uh, whereas on these music services, it's like 15% or something. So, and then 85% goes to your label who then screws over the artist and doesn't pay them any. So, uh, yeah, that's, and, and and that could be good for smaller publications just because a half of a really half of some percentage of somebody's $10 a month times millions of people could end up being a good, a good value for people. But the, the large newspapers were like, no way. 
Also, Apple wasn't willing to share data, which is a big issue for these big publishers like uh, New York Times and stuff. They don't want to give people the subscriber list, basically, which the New York Times wants to have. They want to reach out to the people who subscribe. And and I get that, too, because they're not just subscribing to your newspaper. They're subscribing to all of these things. And I and Apple doesn't want to just like hand over names and emails yes. to of everyone who subscribes to this new service. So I get that. That one's that one makes sense to me. If you're into the public beta, uh, keep an eye out for those. Those probably be coming out soon. Yeah, Apple's probably getting ready to make these Golden Masters eventually. You know, sooner than later. So we'll probably see them come out probably around March 25th. Yeah. yeah, I bet that week, either that either that week or just before it. But that's on that's Monday, true. so either either the twenty fifth or twenty sixth. I bet you they'll have yeah, that Apple final update. In the recent past, has done they'll do an announcement and then they'll follow up with something else. Sometimes, whether it's a smaller announcement or like a OS release update or something like that, they seem to be doing that mm-hmm. lately to kind of sort of keep a little bit of momentum, a little bit. From a marketing standpoint, right? Apple traditionally likes to do updates on Tuesdays. My guess is the 12.2 release uh, lands th- that week, and simultaneous with that, they start the 12.3 beta, which has the updated mm. TV app, yeah. which they have just announced. Right. So those are the major news stories of the past week. We have links on our website if you're interested in getting more information, reading more about those uh, those stories. Uh, go to macworld.com. That leads us to our feature discussion today. And today we're going to talk about the five things Apple could and should fix immediately. Uh, Jason wrote an article earlier this week covering this. And, you know, as great as Apple products are, there's always room for improvement. And while there are some major revisions Apple could do, there are several smaller changes that the company could and should do immediately. And and by smaller, I don't mean that they're trivial changes, but they could go a long way in improving the user satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all want right. Siri to be way, way better, yeah. but that's a big undertaking, right? Like, these are things that are essentially a policy idea. Like, there's no major engineering or development effort that needs to happen yeah. to give us yeah. these things. That's and the I think idea. the number one on, I think, on our list and probably on everyone's list is the whole five gigabyte of free iCloud storage. That needs to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, bad. It's, it's, that's terrible. That's not number one for yeah, me, but that's it's a big, that's one. A big it's, one. It's one It is the lowest hanging fruit, I yeah, would say. It's, that's, it's very much a lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Since we use that headline, that's what I'm going to go yeah. for. That is the lowest hanging <laughs> it's fruit. It's so low. It's, it's literally on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make an Apple right. pun, kind of. But... Uh, but yeah, that is that is literally a policy change. Like that's changing a variable yeah. on the server <laughs> to go. But there's other ways they could attack it. If they don't want to make five gig, give you more than five gigs, they could do things that would require a little bit of effort. But things like, oh, you get five gigs free for each iOS right. device you register. You know, yes. or or I should say Apple device because Macs too. Why not? Or they could just say, hey it's still five gigs free and you pay for more, but backups don't yeah. count. If the backouts didn't count, you know, you, all your photos. Yeah. yeah. Your photos will still eat up a ton of space and all, you know, your docs and everything else you want to store, but 
you know, let people back up their iPhone without having to pay a monthly fee. The way they get around it is that, you know, at least (laughs) for the board here is the monthly fee is pretty reasonable for Apple. Yeah. Usually they go nuts, but, uh, but yeah, that's (laughs) one reason why I've, you know, I've been able to live with it. And I imagine millions of other people are the same way. It's because, yeah, it doesn't cost. Yeah. It's 99 cents a month for 50 gigs. Uh, and that's, that's the lowest tier and that's, and then 299 for 200 gigs. And that's right in line with, you know, Google Mm -hmm. and other, and other guys. That's reasonable. They must have some information or something like that that tells them that if they had gone up to, if they go up to like, say, 10 gigabytes, that cuts into their sales of the 50 gigabyte tier or something like that. Because their yeah, service, well, I'm sure. There must yeah. be some information that tells Apple that because otherwise it just seems like such a no brainer yeah, thing to change. That's why I kind of think some, some way where they can more defray the cost like saying five gigs yeah. per device you register or something then they feel better because they know you're buying multiple devices and they're getting all that profit off of those you know i, I don't know. know it's you know <laughs> make us feel good about it apple you you're rich as hell just stop nickel and diming us so, um another thing that uh, we'd like to see change and uh, is the uh, five watt power adapter that comes with the iphone and the ipad as Jason said, they're just being cheap. Oh, this, <laughs> this is my number one. This is so embarrassing. Every other high-end phone, uh, every other mid-range phone from like Android or something, has some like 15 watt USB-C adapter. Like it, they just, it's just nuts that they have this five watt USB-A adapter, and they're it hamstrings their own product. Mm-hmm. Like unless you know. That your most people I I know out of the millions and millions of hundreds of millions of iPhone users, the ones that know that their phone could charge twice as fast right. if they bought a different adapter, you know they don't even know. They just think, oh, my phone charges slow. Why was my friend's phone charged so fast? This is, this so is fast. one of the things. If you're trying to win over people from Android or something like that, and you know, and then they learn little things like this. That that's one of the things that starts those stupid insults and everything like that it shouldn't even be there yeah it's like why can't you why you know exactly. a gesture of goodwill i mean you you know i was just thinking about what you said about you're on this pile of money and everything and i realized that you know if you well that's how <laughs> we have so much money you know, you know that would be their their argument but it's still it's you know i i don't like hearing those complaints from Android users and stuff where, you know, they will, you know, well, this is stupid. Well, what, you know, what, you know, Apple, and you, you can't argue against that. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a five watt adapter. And you, yeah. you know, that's the thing you should always have, you know, something to fight back with and you can't defend against that. Yeah. There, there's no way to defend that. Yeah. There's plenty of other ones where you're just like, that's not really important or whatever, but people really do care about yes, their phones important. charging faster. And, and they really, and, and Apple built fast charging into all these phones and they're not even letting you do it without going out and buying another adapter. Plus it's a USB a plug when none <laughs> yeah. of their computers, well, I should say I'm actually, none of their laptops have a USB a plug anymore. So it, at least give us a lightning to USB-C cable and a faster charger USB-C with a USB-C plug on it. Then I can plug it into my computer. It's it's nuts to think that I can go into an Apple store and buy a thousand dollar phone and a two thousand dollar MacBook 
and right. I can't plug them into each other <laughs> unless I go buy another like thirty dollar cable, <laughs> and then I, and then I have to to use that cable with a charger. But I buy another thirty something dollar charger. Come on! You know, I bet you the reason why they haven't made the switch is because they figured out that they would need to make the iPod box a little bigger. <laughs> so then that means like a pallet of i iPhones would would hold like we'll say a hundred fewer devices so they would have to have more pallets to ship out iphones and it would increase the shipping costs wow that's just nuts enough to sound <laughs> plausible no, no. <laughs> you know what i mean it, it's, it's one of those things where you go why just why don't you do it and it, it has to be some like crazy yeah. thing like that you know what i mean it's just it yeah i think it's more like they just have made 200 million of these adapters <laughs> like ready to put in boxes and they're like well we got to use these up first <laughs> there was all these rumors including you know filings like fcc not fcc that but other international equivalents uh of fcc of other of like high-end adapters that were supposed to be like a new power adapter and everyone thought it was coming in last year with last year's iphones and they changed boxes sizes. The, the 10R, the 10S Max, those are different size boxes. They could do this. It it could fit. It just doesn't. It never happened. And it gets every year. I get more disappointed when there's another five wide adapter in the box. And my ire just gets higher and higher. Every I know it's time. part of the presentation, but it does seem like there's a lot of wasted space yeah. in those boxes. So, <laughs> I mean, all you'd have to do is redesign the insert packaging. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. So another thing that Apple should. Uh, change immediately is they should get rid of the touch bar on the macbook pro Th that seems like a major change that couldn't be done instantly but i think we have sort of an example in the macbook air yeah i mean in the macbook air yeah. is great because it just has the touch id and that's all you need really yeah uh and uh you know that mm -hmm. you know there you preserve the memory of it and the most useful thing about i mean you know that was technically a different sensor anyway but uh yeah it's yeah, I, I I know some people who have actually gone back to Windows and are laptop programmers because the escape key is too annoying to get to at times. For Yeah, and that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. The escape key needs to be there all the time. Yeah. I just think it's yeah, a it failed is. experiment. I get what they were trying to do, but the idea that you have an interface that changes and has no tactile feedback means you have to keep yeah. looking at it, which means you have to look off the screen at your keyboard to see what you're doing. So, I mean, I like that they want to make this thing that, like, you know, every app can take control of this and do their own dynamic thing. But you have the whole display for that. Like, it's you don't need that. What you need is a thing you can touch without looking at it. <laughs> and it just, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and it yeah. and it adds a lot of cost is the thing. You know, this could, it's it probably adds $200 to the cost of making these things it's a lot it's like a little oled yeah. strip and everything they could taking that out they could lower the price without lowering their margin and make macbooks more competitively priced and still give us touch id they've built yeah. it in the macbook air so that's just slap that in you know they they couldn't do that now they'd have to wait till the next iteration of the macbook like the next processor update or whenever they update the SKU. 
but it's it'd be trivial. I gave it a good run. Um, there there are some apps that it works really well with because the developers have it. But that's the thing. Yeah. That, that's a whole other aspect of the developing process that you know a lot of companies just aren't going to hop on. And some of them, it's just like, yeah, we could put some stuff down here, and it doesn't make sense. So you know, you you have to be almost really creative to think of how to use it properly. And very few. I've only, it, it's probably like four apps that I have that I feel like the touch bar is almost essential and. You know, four is not worth keeping a feature for. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. And the cost. Another feature we'd like to see is this is on the iPhone is the return of the battery percentage on the status bar of the iPhone. As someone who has a Max phone, I'm not worried about battery life as I used to be. Mm -hmm. But last year when I had, or when I had the iPhone 10, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, and I didn't have the bigger size phone. I don't know how many times I would do the, uh, you know, look into the control center and so I can see the percentage of the battery life that I, that I would have left. Yeah, so. it, the notch killed it, man. <laughs> you used to be able to show it and you can still show it on the iPhone 8, 8 plus and stuff. But yeah, it was the first thing my niece asked me when we got her a 10R for Christmas. She's setting it up. She's getting it. Going. She goes, how do I show the battery percent? <laughs> and I'm like, y- y- you can't. You- I mean, you can swipe down control center and look at it. She's like, oh, okay. But, and it doesn't, I understand there's not enough room on the bar anymore, but let me like, right. you can either redesign the icon or you can just let me tap the battery icon and just like switch it to the percent for a second. This kind of goes so back to what I was saying it. about the and then switch back. users. It's like, you should, you should not give them this ammunition. This is, this is easy stuff. So that's, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. yeah a company easy stuff, known for its uh, UI innovations. You think they could figure this one out, mm-hmm. you know, in a few minutes. Exactly. And then the last one we have on our list is the uh, change the screenshot command on newer iPhones. So the one on the newer iPhones, uh, the screenshot command is pressing the power button and the uh, volume up button. And it's often, you know, if, I mean, I know I'm not the only one because when you pick up your phone sometimes and it's normal use case or just you looking at it with your right hand, you were accidentally going to take a screenshot, you know, like every single iPhone XX Max user Mm -hmm. has like, you know, 20, you know, unintentional screenshots in their camera roll. Yeah. Anything without a home button, that's the thing in that, and the, um, Volume up is kind of directly opposite mm-hmm. the the side what they call the side button the power button. Yeah. So anytime you try and hit that side button, you're kind of squeezing the phone, and you end up and you end up taking a screenshot. <laughs> and or sometimes you do it when you're just trying to raise the volume because your thumb's there and you're just kind of squeezing the phone to hit that button that volume up button. Oh, I took a screenshot. So yeah, I've got dozens of unintended screenshots. It's- that I have to go delete. It's worth saying that it, <laughs> all I'm not the time. As, and know, everybody else I know does too. More, I guess, because I've learned how to hold it. You're holding it wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, it still happens. And the point is that this <laughs> this far into having one that it still happens. That that's kind of crazy, and it needs to be fixed. Yeah, it happens to me on the phone, and it also happens to me on my watch. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen so, the watch once too. Yeah, because yeah. the watch to do a screenshot on your watch huh. is, is it. It's yeah, holding you hit the crown both and buttons the, uh, on the watch. What's it called? The other button? Mm. Side the button. The side button at the same time, right? I didn't want to sound. Yet. I think yeah. they just called the side so button. So I must be doing too. something with my hand yeah. that uh, leans back, or, or my hand must be doing something to push it at the same time. Yes. Right. It's, that's it. Oh, yeah, I see. Your wrist right. is like hitting it, yeah. like when your hand hits back. So. Okay. 
I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't happen to me, but I can totally see how that happens. Yeah, yeah. There's you can turn if you don't really yeah. need to take screenshots on your watch, you can turn that off. There's at least that. But yeah, I mean, it seems like the simplest fix is probably to use side and volume enough. down, and that would probably at mm-hmm. least lower the incidence enough because it's not directly opposite the the side button. But there's probably a million other possible key combinations they could do. Like the volume buttons aren't a rocker. You could make – I hit both volume buttons. Right. That's a little awkward, but how often do you take screenshots? Yeah, right. <laughs> you, usually not, you know, especially with like the Apple Watch. It's usually people like us that are using the, right. the screenshots as opposed to yeah. – Well, yeah, so those are five things that we would like Apple to fix. Uh, Jason wrote a whole article about these uh, – you can catch those on our website. We also have a link to them in our show notes. So if you have uh, some ideas on what Apple could fix, why don't you go ahead and tweet those or, or uh, send us a Facebook message to us, and we'll take a look at those. So, Yeah, especially simple stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I, th- I know dark mode is, is high on everybody's yeah. list of things. Uh, dark mode on iOS, I should say, because it's on Mac. Right. Yeah, we know. And so. that's some that's some work. <laughs> Yeah, but especially these things that seem like they're seems like it would be almost no work to fix. But yeah, check out Jason's article on our website. So now it's time for our two minute tip. This is a uh, tip that a MacWorld staffer has written up recently, and uh, we thought we'd present it uh, here on the show. Mm-hmm. This week, uh, Leif has a helpful tip for iPhone users. Uh, what you got, Leif? Uh, yeah, so since we're going to be talking about service a lot today, uh, I'm going to teach you how to cancel a subscription to a service <laughs> like uh, Apple Music or Bumble or something on your iPhone. So this process used to be stupidly difficult, but Apple simplified it with an update in February. These days, all you need to do is go into the App Store app, then click on your circular profile in the upper right-hand corner of the app. On the page that pops up, press Manage Subscription about halfway down the page. Once you've confirmed your password through Touch ID, Face ID, uh, you'll see both your active and expired subscriptions. Just press on the subscription you want to cancel, be it Apple Music or whatever, and hit cancel subscription towards the bottom. That's all. You can also uh, renew expired subscriptions by pressing them as well. Since we have a little bit more time, I'll quickly describe the old way. And by the way, you can still do it this way. Many people thought Apple was deliberately trying to keep people from canceling subscriptions by making the process so unintuitive and I can't say I disagree. So first you would go into settings, then click on your name. A lot of people I know didn't even know that you could actually, that was an interface. Uh, let's see, um, then press iTunes and App Store in the menu that pops up. Then press your, your Apple ID that has your email address. Then click view Apple ID. Then confirm your password. And then finally scroll down to subscriptions. After that, you'll see your active and subscribe passwords and you'll be saying cuss words at Apple and everything else because it took you so long to find that. But uh, I'm very happy that they made it a lot easier. Um, just to reiterate, <laughs> just go into your your App Store app, uh, click on your profile in the upper right, and you'll see cancel subscription, manage subscription, excuse me. And it's a lot simpler now. Yeah, it really belongs in the App Store. That that you had to hide, go into <laughs> yes. six layers deep into settings so, just yeah, really was confusing. Tip. Yeah. So, you know, with... Um, the services coming up probably be using this tip more than you realize. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, Leif. Thank you. Uh, if you're interested in uh, in that tip, we have an article about it on the MacWorld website, so you can go step by step through it. Uh, Leif takes you 
all the way through it. It's pretty. It's pretty easy. It's just a matter of finding it because mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's not necessarily uh, the most intuitive. Yeah. Every you know, people forget that Apple likes to put things settings for apps and stuff under settings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't find them in a particular app. I really like that you can easily resubscribe. I, you know, so yeah. that wasn't the focus here, but you can go back to, you know, there's something you could have canceled like two years yeah. ago. And it's like, huh, that's yeah. right. I remember that. I want to try that again. And you just click on it. It'll show you different plans. And then you, it'll be just like, you know, purchasing something from the app store. You'll, you have to do face ID or whatever, but yeah. And then you'll be back on the plan. It's kind of yeah. cool. It's also worth, remembering there's so many free subscriptions these days like if you right mm-hmm. like you subscribe to verizon you get apple music free for six months and stuff like that you know set yourself a reminder siri will do it for you just say remind me in mm-hmm. six months to cancel my apple music subscription or whatever because they, they're counting on you uh right. having it long enough that you forget and then you yes. are just subscribed to it forever and that's how they get you <laughs> you know so if you're Make a reminder when you sign up for all these free things, uh, mm-hmm. and then that's a good point, Jason. Because now we're cancel them have, if you don't use them. We have video subscriptions, we have app subscriptions, we have music subscriptions. We've got so many subscriptions now that, and I have newspaper subscriptions. Yeah, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, and there's always free trials, and there's yeah. bundles, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, it's a good, yeah. it's a good time to make Thank a reminder to cancel things you don't uh, use again check the show notes and our website for a link to get the details on life's tip so let's move on to our reader questions and comments what we also like to call uh your hot takes we love to read your comments and questions and uh we often see them on twitter and our facebook page and here are a few comments that caught our eye this week the first one comes from amy gilbert grfx on twitter it's in response to the uh five things that we'd like apple to fix uh and what she wrote is, here's one change market price for memory charge i'm sorry charge market price for memory or ssd storage upgrades since so many devices are not user upgradable and already pretty expensive this just seems like another price gouge come on apple apple for years has charged i'll call it a premium Apple tax. Yeah, people call it the Apple tax to upgrade your RAM and SSD. And it it, it, it seems like Apple just isn't going to change that. It'd be nice if they would. You know, people complain about the prices going up. And this is one way that Apple could probably, you know, help the user out a little bit is if they didn't charge so much for upgrading your RAM. Yeah, certainly uh, on on Macs, you know, in the phone where, um, having more storage on your phone isn't just a matter of you can't just like look at what SSDs cost or a micro SD card costs and look because they're using different types of chips, with different densities and stuff that don't necessarily scale the same way in price, but they are probably yeah. overcharging for that too. <laughs> um, but when it's a, when it's a Mac and, and the, the flash storage, it's like commodity market flash storage and stuff like, I, even if they don't want to charge market price, okay, I get that. But it, they could be closer. It's not even close. So, and and she makes a really good point that uh, it's already expensive, and you can't upgrade it afterward. Yeah, it's long been an issue with Apple products, and you know, people on the PC side, I hear that that's they they often bring that up as a uh, thing about Apple products that they hate. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, Apple users hate that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So. Um, 
But yeah, it'd be nice to change if Apple would change that. Not so sure they're going to because they still sell a lot of product, unfortunately, or fortunately, so however you want to look at it. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's yeah. been a long, a, a big time complaint for a long time for about Apple, especially Macs. Yeah. So, uh, our next comment comes from at uh, Ben Adamson DXB on Twitter. He wrote. In response to the rumor of uh, Apple AR glasses, he wrote, uh, if AR glasses are combined with improvements to speech to text, this could be a real game changer for the deaf and heart and hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. That's a good point that, um, you know, Apple, Apple makes effort in terms of accessibility mm-hmm. and AR glasses could be, you know, yeah, it could be a real... Uh, Game changer, I, I don't know, but yeah, it could be really helpful in that aspect. Yeah, and you know, especially not yeah. nice with their, you know, focus on health and you know, like you said, accessibility and you know, just little, you know, while we have the cool consumer factor, you know, I like that Apple, especially like what the Apple Watch can point out all the other benefits it has that, you know, that are go beyond just being cool, and so that would definitely be one. There's already an app someone makes now that uses it's not augmented reality, mm-hmm. but it's machine learning. Uh, that looks at what your camera is looking at and can tell you what it is, um, which is and, and it's made for for specifically for blind people. So you can it can you run your finger over the screen and everything you're touching it t- tells you what that thing is. So you can just point your phone at it and see what it, your phone's looking at. Yeah, so that kind of thing moved into the AR realm where you're, as you're just looking around with your head, it can tell you what you're looking at. That's, that's pretty yeah, awesome. I, I kind of have a hard time hearing in crowds. Mm. And so what would be awesome is if, you know, if I'm talking to somebody and it's, you know, the speech of Texas is transcribing in real time what they're saying. And then I can just glance at it in my glasses to, so I can, you know, see what they're saying. Yeah. Actually have a conversation in a noisy place. So that, that would be great. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or even boost the sound of, you know, whatever right. is in the middle of your screen, like whatever screen eyes, glasses, what do you call it when it's AR, yeah. <laughs> whatever you're looking at, you know, boost the sound of that and lower the sound of everything yeah. else. Like that would be amazing. So a lot of potential with the AR glasses. So, Mm-hmm. Our final comment was posted on Facebook in response to uh, the upcoming video streaming service. This was by a uh, user named Gnome Hall. <laughs> and he wrote that uh, in response to it. He, he wrote, I, I think sarcastically, nothing like rated G original content, maybe more emojis and some <laughs> car karaoke. So I'm not so bitter, but I'm going to lean into the same direction. (laughs) So Apple has been kind of focusing on, you know, quote unquote, family oriented content with their video service. At least family safe. Family safe is probably a better way to put it. Uh, So, you know, the thing is, though, the thing that kind of catches everybody's attention in the popular culture are these more gritty cutting edge shows like game of thrones or westworld and i don't know if you wouldn't necessarily call those Mm -hmm. family oriented content no so um (laughs) yeah there's a lot of i mean i like a lot of shows that 
I don't think of them as family mm-hmm. friendly, but they are, you know, whether it's Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers, yeah. they have a they have a show called Central Park that's from the creators yeah. of Bob's Burgers coming uh, or uh, The Good Place or stuff like that. You know, there's plenty yeah. of room for that. But uh, but to have that all of their stuff be basically mm-hmm. PG or better, that's that, I don't that's know the if thing they can do that. Yeah, that, that's what scares me is the all because, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I let's not be stereotypical, but, you know, I come from like the gaming background and stuff like that. You know, there's very little, you know, but I, I also I am happy to see that Apple does some nature and documentaries and stuff because that's kind of like the other side of my personality. So that I'm looking forward to that. But I know that that's not going to be hot for the rest of the, the country. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's not the must-see TV that gets everybody, like, exactly. signing up for your service. Yeah, that's not to say that family-safe content can't be interesting and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Totally. But it's not going to be the main draw for, like, the big traffic, in my opinion. But Exactly. You know, Marvelous Mrs. Meisel or The Expanse or any of these things that people talk about on other streaming services are definitely right. not yeah. family-friendly. And you just have to wonder if can there be a basically PG primetime network type show that is that captures everybody's imagination that way. Because as many people watch NCIS, like that's not that's not the kind of thing that gets people like lining up to subscribe to your service. A show like NCIS, you know, has is it still the number one rated show? Oh, God, I don't know. There's like 14 of them now. It's highly rated, but. (laughs) I don't know anyone who watches it, and I never hear anyone talk about it. Yet, it's still highly rated. So exactly, that yeah. could ha- be what ha- what happens with Apple content is that people are watching it, but there's no no one's talking about it. Is that important to Apple? You know, I, no. I don't know. It's yeah, and that really all comes back around to how are they going to monetize right. or not monetize this? Do they just care about getting people into that TV app? Do they want to charge people a monthly fee? Like, there's. There's so many things we don't know, and that's why this, hopefully, this March uh, event is is going to be interesting because we're going to have a lot of <laughs> we have a lot of questions we have answered need answers. I mean, in to. the long term, Apple could always change. You know, it's they could. You know, it's not that difficult. Oh sure, to, yeah. Then that means they're going to have to change the perception because also the perception because what will happen is Apple will have built this reputation of having only family safe content. They're going to have to overcome that. Yep. I don't know if that's as dire as it kind of sounds, but yeah, I mean they've got parental controls built into Apple TV and the TV app um, now because they you can obviously buy and watch tons of you know R-rated movies and things. So they would just have to be careful about making sure that they don't sort of promote things that are not um family safe if you've got your control set and making sure everybody knows about them and yeah i think they could go there but i think they'd have to tread carefully well that just about does it for this week's episode of the macworld podcast episode 643 i'd like to thank uh jason cross for joining us thanks jason my pleasure i'd like to thank Blake johnson thank you i'd like to thank you the audience for listening you can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast through iTunes. You can also check us out on SoundCloud. And we always post the podcast on our website along with uh, links to the topics and subjects that we talk about on the show. So join us next week for the next episode of the Macworld Podcast. Thanks for listening.